The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Just wonderful guests today. They're always wonderful, but today especially. We are talking about how you can live a happier, more meaningful life. My guest is Dr. Anna Yusin, and she's an MD. She's a graduate of Stanford University and Yale University School of Medicine, She's a psychiatrist in private practice in New York City. She's helped more than a 1,000 patients lead happier, more meaningful lives. And her book is Fulfilled. That's the title, Fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm excited that um, Dr. Eben Alexander wrote the foreword to your book, and I've interviewed him on my program. Oh, wonderful. Yes, Eben is a dear friend, and he's been such a mentor throughout this process, and I've been so inspired by the work that he did to bring these ideas to the greater public, and there's nobody who I could think of as a better person to write the foreword for my book. Oh, absolutely. And he had a near-death experience, didn't he, that was amazing? That's right, that's right. And he was also a Harvard-trained neurosurgeon, someone who didn't believe in anything on this world. Who had no, a very rationalist, materialist conception of the yeah. brain, and his own personal experience opened him up to this whole other way of viewing spirituality. And I certainly never had a near that experience myself, but I also had kind of a coming to heart moment in my own life because I wasn't at all a spiritual person either. No, I, I think it's it's just an amazing, and, and I'd like you to talk about that. I'd like you, as a psychiatrist, I'd like you to talk about the power of the brain. I mean, we talk about neuroplasticity and how the brain changes. Our body may age, but the brain will regenerate if we give it new material and we train it to think differently. Please talk about that, because I think people don't realize that the brain really can grow and change, no matter how old we are. Right, and this is actually a relatively new theory because before it was believed that you are born with all the brain cells that you, you know, are ever going to have and that all that can happen to your brain cells over time is a process of pruning and brain cell death. And now it's actually seen just over really the last um, few decades that actually the brain can indeed regenerate. There is neurogenesis or new growth of cells in the brain, especially in the region of the brain responsible for learning and memory. And that's the hippocampus. And that new growth is based on a number of things, including the presence of serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter our brain secretes when we feel at peace, when we feel happy, when we feel joyful or fulfilled. And so we can create in our lives experiences that then lead to our brains actually changing and creating new cells and new connections and really, you know, having better lives overall. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I think the challenging piece, and I'd like you to address this, because I've dealt with this and so many of us who are looking at this new science, is those core beliefs. You know, those beliefs that are just going to hang on and, and whatever it is, I should be this or I should be that. And you don't have that, and so you think you're less than. Changing those core beliefs. You know, if you don't have as much money as you wanted, or you're not as healthier as you wish you had, or you don't have the relationship of your dreams, and so you start to let that affect your joy. Can you talk about that and how you can change those beliefs around that? Uh, Absolutely. And I think, you know, Patricia, what you're saying is actually so prevalent in our society because we focus so much not on what we have in abundance, but on what we lack. And it's the capitalist model that leads us to do so because it's always about wanting more, about being more, about accomplishing more, about being, you know, better than the person next to you, you know, getting to the next level. And that's a wonderful way to be on one hand, yet what it actually often makes us forget is to be happy and grateful exactly where we're at mm-hmm. and exactly mm-hmm. the way that we're at with mm-hmm. whatever we have. This attitude of gratitude that we can cultivate just mm-hmm. for even having eyes to see and a mouth yeah. to, yeah. you know, taste good yeah. food with and a nose to breathe. You know, there's actually so much to be grateful for every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, no, I, I know. and But I think the majority of people, and this isn't to put people down, I think we don't think about that. We take it for granted. It's like you know your car's going to run and you're just going to drive. You don't, you don't think about, gee, will my car start today? It's the same thing. I think we don't, I think we take it for granted. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. We take it for granted until life hits a little bump in the road and we realize the price of taking things for granted. And we yeah. realize, for instance, that yeah. we get depressed and or we have so much overwhelming anxiety or suddenly we feel that we've been living our life all wrong up to this point or something tragic or traumatic happens. And only then are we forced to reevaluate some of these core beliefs and ask, are these ways that I've been seeing the world, are these really serving me at this point or do I need to start seeing things a little differently? Mm, So true. And I know one of the chapters in your book, you talk about identifying self-criticism. I think that's also very prevalent, particularly for high achievers. I mean, I hear my friends all the time. You know, I shouldn't have done that. I spent too much time. You know, I, I, I should have gotten more accomplished than I did today. I'm so angry at myself. I mean, you hear those things all the time. People just say them. Right, exactly. And and it's really sad. It actually comes from the same thing, like this focus on lack, which then yes. creates this culture of self-criticism and self-hatred. I would say that probably the number one thing I see as a psychiatrist in my office yes. is people who really just don't know how to love themselves, don't yes. know how to accept themselves and accept all the beautiful things about themselves, you know, because in one way or the other, they've been told or been led to believe that there's something wrong with them. Yes. And, And it comes, I think that comes from early on, you know, those early patterns that were drummed into you as children. And I think it does, it takes, it's not an easy thing. And I know you talk about that. And I, do you need therapy to be able to change those patterns, Anna? Or do you, can you do it on your own? I mean, that's why you've written the book, of course. 
Precisely, precisely. And certainly having an objective third party who you trust and with whom you're in relationship is helpful for the process, but is it a necessary prerequisite? Certainly not. Not everyone has the capacity, the income, et cetera, to be able to afford regular therapy. So there are so many ways that you could do this work on your own. And in my book, I have a number of exercises on how to cultivate self-love and self-compassion. And, you know, some of them involve really changing an implicit core belief we have about somehow I am unlovable unless I am perfect or mm-hmm. I don't deserve to be loved unless I, you know, accomplish this or am this successful or am this skinny yeah, exactly. or am this bad. Exactly. Or, or, right. or I'll, to meet, I'll wait to meet someone when I'm do, doing better in my work or when my exactly. health is improved. I'm going to wait. Exactly. And, you know, one day you turn around and you say, what am I waiting for? How much right. longer am I going to wait? Yes, and that's the other thing. I see so many people in, you know, who come to me and as a psychiatrist because they feel unhappy. They haven't yet found their soulmate. They haven't yet found the perfect job, yes. and they're yeah. waiting to be happy, yeah. you know, for that to manifest. And I was one of those people for a long time. I thought, you know, only when I find my soulmate can my life finally begin. Yeah. And it yeah. took, you know, a long time to really work through that because the reality is, I mean, ultimately my soulmate did come into my life, but it was only after I had done the work on myself to yeah. realize that I can't be waiting for anyone to right. be happy. That has to happen before because right. if you find yourself, you know, looking, for, if you're an unhappy person waiting for your soulmate, what happens when your soulmate comes? You're an unhappy person with a soulmate. Exactly. That, you know, the soulmate, like, no one else can complete you in that way. You right. have to complete yourself right. and until you do, no relationship could really serve the role that you hope it does in your life. Yeah, I think that's true. But I think, you know, I mean, we were, a lot of us were brought up with the whole Cinderella thing, you know, the Prince Charming. And, you know, as you said, I mean, there's nothing like having a soulmate, but that person won't make you happy if you're not happy. That's what you're saying. Precisely. And the soulmate is just one of the many ways in which we try to fill, I guess, our inner, you know, emptiness. People try to fill their inner yeah. emptiness through so many other means, through so many other things like addictions. You know, if our soulmate isn't there, we need to fill that void through whether it be a drug or a behavior or achievement or workaholism, all these ways of filling an inner void. But ultimately, that inner void doesn't go away unless we learn to fill it with something more enduring, which is something mm-hmm. greater than ourselves, a higher purpose, contributing to humanity in some way that's much bigger than us. Yeah, so very true. We have a couple minutes before the first break. So do you want to give us, uh, give us a couple of exercises that we can do? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's do some exercises focused on um, self-criticism. So... Um, This is actually an interesting thing. Um, It's based on the idea of projection and the idea of a shadow side, that we project onto others those things that we are most critical of in ourselves. So ask yourself the question right now, what do I find most annoying about other people? What are the things about others that most bother me? And often the answer to that question is the thing about yourself 
that you find somehow unlovable or reprehensible and have unconsciously pushed away or disavowed. That's Mm. your shadow side. You've been Mm -hmm. taught that it's not okay to be that way, so you've pushed it away, and then we project those things onto others and get annoyed when others have those qualities. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really powerful to recognize in others the parts of ourselves that we've pushed away. Yeah, very important. All right, another one quickly. We've got about a minute before break. Yes, another exercise. So another one really is about learning how to take care of yourself and how to practice self-compassion. So in addition to integrating the shadow side, another question that I encourage people to ask themselves is, what would it mean to take radically good care of myself? How would I live my life differently? What would I say no to that I'm currently saying yes to? What would I say yes to that I'm currently saying no to? What does radical self-care mean for me? It's a reflective question and a seemingly very simple question, but also a question with a lot of deep and profound layers. Very important. So those are things you have to answer, and you can answer them on paper as well. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to Dr. Anna Yusim. She is a psychiatrist in New York City graduate of Stanford University and Yale University School of Medicine. And her brand new book is called Fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice will be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you long to have a better love life? Relationships can be hard, but throw sexual problems into the mix, and it's almost impossible to keep that close connection you want to have. Colette Milan, sex and relationship therapist, has been there. She will give you sound advice to turn your libido back on and bring the love back into your lovemaking. Tune in to Making Love with Colette Milan every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. 
you are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. I'm very excited about this topic and about my wonderful guest. Her name is Dr. Anna Yusim. She's an MD psychiatrist. She is both Stanford trained as well as Yale University Medicine trained, and she has a practice in New York. And her brand new book is called Fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life. Welcome back, Dr. Yusim. Welcome back, Anna. Thank you so much, Patricia. All right, so let's talk about, um, you know, what I just opened to this page in your book, and I love it because I kind of live by this. You have a chapter called Synchronicity, and I look at synchronicity as there are no coincidences. When things are just lining up, then you know you're on the right path. You just know because you're looking at something, and it all fell together, and you just went, how did that happen? That is something greater than yourself. Talk about that. Absolutely, and that's exactly um, what synchronicity is. Just like you said, it's a coincidence, but it's a meaningful coincidence. It's a coincidence that's meaningful to you specifically because somehow or another, it's reflective of a greater order to the universe. That, um, you know, for instance, you think about someone and they call, or you have a dream about someone that you haven't heard from or seen in years, and suddenly you bump into them on the street the next day, right? Totally random, but on the other hand, perhaps quite meaningful as well. And often a series of coincidences or synchronicities in that vein is the universe telling you you're on the right track, keep going. A series of negative coincidences or negative things happening one after the other could be change course. Something's a little bit off in your life in the way that you're thinking about things and the way that you're doing things. So synchronicity is really, like you said, part of something greater and a form of guidance that the universe or whatever it is that you're tapped into that's greater than you can give you. And that guidance can come from outside of you or it can come from inside of you. Synchronicity is an external form of guidance and an internal form of guidance is more intuition. Amazing. Yes. And the question I have that I think is interesting is how did this all come about in terms of psychiatry and the way we think about the brain? Because as you said, you know, before many years ago, the scientists thought that, you know, once your brain is set, it's set. And now we have this whole science about neuroplasticity and how the brain can change and evolve as we change our thinking patterns. When did this all start happening? Right. You know, this it's so interesting because as I was at Stanford University in the late 90s, the research was just being done by Susan McDonnell and also by Robert Sapolsky, in whose lab I was working. They were showing about neurogenesis in the hippocampus and things of that nature. And Dr. McConnell was, she had a lab where she was dedicated really to this, to some of the cu- cutting edge work on this subject. And at John Hopkins, they were doing important work as well. Um, and it really changed the age old paradigm that the brain really doesn't change. The only thing that brain cells can do is die. And now, no, actually, that's not the case, that we can have experiences. We can have learning that takes place. We can experience certain emotions and affect states that regenerate certain parts of our brain to enable us to learn more, to, you know, really have better lives. So, so important. Yeah. And, and do you find in working with your patients that this is really, what results are you getting from working with your patients with this kind of 
new focus. Yeah, and so in my practice, I have the traditional medical training, so a traditional psychiatric focus, together with a more spiritual approach to the patients who are interested and open to that. And Mm -hmm. I found that combining the two yields more thorough, faster healing than using just the traditional approach. That being said, not everybody is open to spirituality in their treatment or wants or needs that. And that's That's completely okay. For people who are not as open, the psychological approach or the psychiatric approach alone also will get you to where you need to get. So you, you, which is very good because you can work with both. Do you find, Anna, more people are open to the spiritual aspect or not? I mean, is it 50-50 or is it 75-25 in percentages? I mean, where is it? Well, probably in my practice, it's about 75% are open, maybe 25% are less, but that's because it really is my interest area, so patients generally know that this is kind of my approach. You know, that being said, spirituality, a lot of people think of it as religion and, you know, having a religious orientation, and for some people, indeed, that's what spirituality means, Mm -hmm. but my definition of spirituality is really being connected to something greater than oneself, be it the Mm -hmm. universe or a shared global vision, or a set of values, like universal values consistent with love and trust and hope and perseverance. Mm -hmm. And so it does not have to be religious at all. I, you know, think of spirituality more as something that's about how you live your life and the values that you espouse. So I have in my practice many atheists, many agnostics, who are deeply spiritual people and with whom we use the spiritual approach very often. Yeah, very interesting. All right, we have a few minutes. So what would be your message for our listeners? What is it that you would really like them to know that would help them? Yeah, I think that, you know, if ever you feel stuck in your life and you've been doing whatever it is that you're doing to get well and feeling it's not working, I have been there too. And that's really what got me on my own path. And the three Mm. things that I feel is what helps people to heal is, number one, connecting to your authenticity. Number two, starting to live according to your soul correction, which is, you know, understanding those challenges that come up in your life again and again and again, and how in this lifetime you're supposed to overcome them, that that's really part of your life course. The challenges are actually the process itself. That's why you've come into this world. And number three, connecting to part of something greater. Yeah, which, is, which is so important. How can people get your book? So it's available at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at any online or in-store bookseller, or on my website, www.annayusim, which is A-N-N-A-Y-U-S-I-M, as in Mary.com. Okay. Do you also uh, do webinars or uh, seminars or conferences? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do talks um, throughout the country, and so there's a list on my website. And also, I've done a number of other podcasts, audio podcasts, video podcasts, interviews that are also on my website. Again, and uh, if you could just give out your website again, please. Of course. That's www.annayusum.com, and that's spelled A-N-N-A-Y as in yoga, U-S-I-M as in Mary. It's been really wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. All right, let's just repeat this now. Dr. Anna Yusum 
MD. The foreword to her book is by Dr. Eben Alexander, MD also, and he was the New York Times bestseller of The Proof of Heaven. Her book is fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life. Dr. Yusin is in New York City. She's a graduate of Stanford University and the Yale University School of Medicine. And again, she's a psychiatrist, and her book is Fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life. And you can go again to AnnaYusin.com, correct? Correct. All right. All right, folks. Again, thanks for a wonderful interview, Anna. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, check me out, patriciaraskin.com. Go on to my Facebook page, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, and like it. And if you write to me, uh, I will be happy to put you on my newsletter list. Until next time, have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.